You are listening to the podcast To Seek and to Save. It's a podcast by Living Savior Lutheran Church. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Daniel Bondo, a pastor here, and with me today is uh, Clint again. How are you? I'm good. Good to be back. (laughs) Absolutely. We keep getting energized by this theme of the seeking and saving ways of God who pays attention to us and takes care of us, and that's why we want to share stories from Scripture that may Maybe help you think about God in a different way, not some aloof, distant, calloused, I don't care, indifferent deity or something, but that there's stories in the Old Testament and New that really can reinvigorate us in God's daily effort to touch our lives with his love and bless us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks for coming back and being a part of this, Clint, and... Well, thank you for having me back. It uh, it feels good that I yeah. <laughs> I keep getting invited back. So <laughs> I just get excited to learn. So it's yeah, it's as much about learning for me too. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, uh, a little disclaimer before we get started that our thoughts and views that we say here do not necessarily reflect the beliefs of Living Savior Lutheran Church. We are um, we are noteless, but um, we do have a, a great story in front of us. This is going to be Second Kings chapter four, and we're going to take a couple of sections in a row, I think, to podcast about and see a variety of needs addressed in the ministry of Elisha, a prophet. So um, what else do you think? Why why look at 2 Kings 4, Clint? Well, I just, it's an interesting time in history. And the thought process of the people, of God's people, which we all are, we all fall into that kingdom because of Jesus, but mm-hmm. it, there, there could be doubt. There could be this, where is God now? But we get to see that God's always in control and mm-hmm. he's always taking care of us. It's a lot of times when we turn our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when we turn our back on him that, Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we turn our back and then say, why weren't you there? Yeah. Well, we turned our back. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a real theme that I'm seeing in the Kings and mm-hmm. reading through it and studying it. And yeah, it's, I love learning Old Testament now, something that I was so scared of for too long, but <laughs> To see the love mm-hmm. throughout all of Scripture, yeah, I oh, it's really opened my eyes. Yeah, for a little background and context for people to this uh, section, I, I love what you said because of the doubt and where is God? There's there's been trouble for the land of Israel for quite a while. In fact, ever since King Solomon, King David, then King Solomon, right? There's been a divided kingdom ever since. There's this north king, kingdom of Israel and then the kingdom of Judah in the south and they have their own kings. And almost every king in the north is a, a pagan, yeah. is, an un, is an unbeliever. Yeah. And the big one that comes up in 1 Kings with the ministry of Elijah is King Ahab. 
and you get these stories of Elijah and King Ahab and the um, the worship of Baal in the land of Israel and stuff like that. And kind of this King Ahab has such powerful stories because of the depth of the depravity, you could say, the, the depth of the sin and rebellion and, and that is described in those chapters. When yeah. you start Second Kings with King Ahab has died, and we're but that doesn't mean we get into anything better. Yeah. And also Elijah is taken to heaven, yep. and so you kind of have a new era. You have the successors, and um, we're going to see some stories here then in the ministry of Elisha yep. uh, as a follow up and how he engages with people. Oh yeah, and uh, what. One thing that I find amazing is how Elijah steps into that role after seeing Elijah pulled up to heaven. And mm -hmm. it's it's not like everything's good now. Here you go. Here's the keys to the car. Yeah. <laughs> There's still a lot of work to be done. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I think is neat about this is yep. God passed the ministry on to another leader like Elisha that people could look to and rally around. And he wasn't just going to pack up his bags and head to the hilltops and avoid all of the, the plains trouble, yeah. you know, in the, in the valley of, of suffering. And, yep. you know, so you have these wicked Kings and unjust times and, and some very crazy stressors in life. Um, and yet there were some who looked to the Lord and we're going to have a story here in chapter four of, of a widow, um, a single mom who is worried and concerned about her sons, but she goes to the prophet of the Lord for yeah. help. And here's a prophet who is accessible yeah. and somebody that would, would be around and that she could trust and rely on how valuable that is. And oh, yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. Perfect. Let's then get a little reading done because there's only seven verses to this story. So there's a wife of a man from the company of the prophets. Um, there have been these schools of the prophets uh, it's in the early days of the kings ever since Samuel. This company of the prophets, they would, you know, rally around each other and train in the word of the Lord. And, and so they were watching Elijah as he's taken up into heaven and watching Elisha as he did some miracles early on in the power of the Lord. And um, so there's this wife of one of these prophets yeah. in the schools of the prophets. And she cries out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. So here's the setup is she's a widow. She's got two sons and maybe like any typical American family, we have debt on our hands oh, and yeah. how they paid debt back then was these creditors would, um, you'd have like hired workers, you know, yep. you'd take in people as hired hands. You could pay your debt off by working for me. Yep. Um, and it seems like a case of possible abuse where she's worried she's never going to get her sons back 
And I'm kind of this defenseless widow. I don't have the pull that my husband did in society at that time. So she's left like on her own. Who do I go to? This is huge. Oh, yeah. Because very likely if they would have went with the creditors, she would have never seen him again. Mm -hmm. It would have been a life of... Mm -hmm. Of, of working and just never being able to see her sons again. So yeah, yeah, really hard for her yeah. family family dynamic and trying to provide, um, trying to provide for everybody. And you just what a neat thing to see her coming to Elisha and have this plea for help in a situation where she's probably subject to easily subject to be abused, you know, sort of used in this situation. So Elisha then replies to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing (laughs) at all. (laughs) So no wonder they can't pay off the debts and what you, you know, when you've already maybe handled some debts, but here it's just here my sons for hired workers. Um, She says, accept a little oil. Uh, so that's all they have left is like a jar. And Elisha says, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. So this would be kind of a private yep. miracle, really. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. And that's it. That's this little itty bitty account. It powerful account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I you look to where she turned and you see where it all came from, and I just I'm imagining what it had to be like there. As far as when she said she had nothing, she really meant nothing, mm-hmm. and to have just a little bit of oil. That was probably the little bit of oil that she might have had for making bread or, you know, mm-hmm. she had nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like you said, what do you do with a little bit of oil? You, I mean, it, if you don't have grain or something to do anything with, yep. it is just a currency. It is just something I trade off with and I buy my last meal. So yep. she's down to the last little bit. The last little bit of, I guess you could say, in the wallet, in the purse, in the bank account. And what do I spend it on before it's really all dried up and I have no other options? Yeah. So it's like what you could just see this jar, this one solitary jar. Um, But how awesome it is that there was somebody she could go to and, and talk to about it and know that God was there. Absolutely. God was there for her. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it. Uh, my heart's just telling me that we've we got to look at, and I want to make sure that everybody understands how it was 
down to nothing, not even food, mm-hmm. where too many times for my sinful heart and for a lot of people, it's, boy, I wish I could go on vacation. It was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I want to clarify that, you know, every want and every want that we may have isn't something that we turn against God because it doesn't come through. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, for some reason, that was weighing yeah, on yeah. my heart to clarify that this is, you know, just. We talk about first world problems exactly. versus third world problems <laughs> and something of a of a gap there. And yeah. I and I know that she's in a very desperate state and she obviously was doing I'm sure she was doing everything she could until it got to this point and she's still doing something. She's oh, yeah. still taking this to the Lord. And um I, I think the connect with the seeking and the saving yeah. is both the mix of a prophet who has not disappeared in, a, in an unruly and unjust time and society, but also a woman who doesn't give it up hope, but yeah. perseveres and keeps going to the Lord, even at a time where she could be like, look, you took my husband away and I have no money and there's nothing left. And yeah. she could curse God, you know, and just Thank walk you. away. Yeah, that's and, exactly what I was trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That. Uh, she didn't turn her back on God. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it, well, it underscores to me, like, who who really is rich in this world. Yes. And I, we're not talking about rich. That's rich in quotation marks. We're not talking about who really is rich and let's list the top five billionaires that are out there, right? Yep. Um, yep. Who really is rich when the Lord is on my side and pays attention to my needs? And I may, I may be down to my last jar, but that doesn't mean that I spit in God's face because of it. Oh yeah. That means that I, and I, I turn, turn to brothers and sisters, you know, um, and I pray that we can be there for people and be in the thick of it with them and not view problems as like beneath us. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah. it's really, we all have issues and needs for each other is the truth. I, I oh, need yeah. to be served. I need to be encouraged. I need to be helped in a variety of ways. And it's more a matter of being a community that's willing to share needs and fill needs. Absolutely. We're all brothers and sisters. And the sense of comfort and being there for one another is so crucial. And it comes down to the love of Christ. We've all been forgiven and how we can support and help one another and be there to boost each other up and mm-hmm. bring in the jars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what, and what, what is part of the faith perspective that our, our wealth of having God on our side means that it's not just a glass half full you know, optimism, though that is a part of it. It's also the, I think the, the freedom and the glory of, of knowing that I can look, I can always look at something that I do have. Um, and that, 
that is what Elisha turned her eyes toward. Is she's sitting here saying, I have nothing, there's nothing. And then kind of when pressed, you know, what, what do you have? She did admit, I've got a little oil. Yeah. And this is, you know, isn't that a part of the story that comes out in a way to say, look at, look at that little bit that you have left and whatever God would do with it is whatever God will do with it. Absolutely. And, and he ends up this, once you tip that jar over and you think it's the three drips are going to come out and that'll be done. You know, my one ounce that's yeah. left <laughs> instead, you know, you gather as many, don't gather just a few and it keeps pouring. Yes. And that, that Hebrew language, you know, comes out in the oil stopped flowing once all the jars so that God was going to keep pouring this out as long as there was a jar to be filled. And, um, you can't look at just the earthly measure of your life. Oh yeah. Our wealth is from a different place and, and it's not then just an optimism. It is a confidence. Uh, it is a, a full confidence in God that, that we can have. I think that's where this is really pressing us, you know? And it's her husband was, um, in the school of prophets, there was still trouble that fell on the family, mm-hmm. but she never gave up hope. She yeah. still seeked God for the confidence, and she had confidence in God because she did what Elijah told her to do and just started pouring mm-hmm. with the same amount of confidence that the Mm -hmm. jars were going to keep coming and it's there's so many different aspects to the story to look at Mm -hmm. and how when we're thinking that we're down on our luck or there's trouble in our lives that god is still there and still seeking us because his love is greater than any trouble that we could Mm -hmm. be going through he will love us unconditionally yeah through and through that's you're touching on i think the heart of the story and maybe we could rephrase it for people just to give it different a different feel that it's the value of a time of testing you said that obviously even though she's a believer even though her husband had been in the company of the prophets that it doesn't mean that they didn't fall in hard times or desperate extremely desperate yes. times but where's you know this is a time of testing where um she could rejoice her husband is with the lord but now she's still in troubleville down below oh, yeah. extreme i've never been in this kind of position that she was in she's in extreme trouble and a time of of testing and she could not put her trust in the amount of oil in the jar if that's where any of it had been yeah she couldn't anymore because she's on the last little there's just a little oil left is all we have yeah and this is the the fate of her sons i cannot pay this creditor the last little oil doesn't pay enough the next step is he's going to take my sons. Yes. And so this is this is this how far this testing has gone and thrown upon God and say, Yeah, I am there, I love you and I'm faithful to you. And that was true yesterday yep. and the week before, yep. even when you had more oil or whatever. Oh yeah. But it was this situation 
that pressed her into God. Yes. And I, you do have to admit, where would I be without trouble? Oh, yeah. If I didn't have trouble, would I ever, ever thank God for it or think about God? Would I ever rejoice? And here, how can she think about the rest of her life and this luxury, not necessarily luxury, but the, the provision, the providing of God for the rest of her life? Every day is this thanksgiving of you did this and you didn't have to, but you love me and Absolutely. you did it anyway. And I, as we go through the troubles and as we, in our lives, the experiences that we go through and the hardships, how much more can we help our, each other and be loving to our brothers and sisters and reach out to one another and just be there for each other in support and mm -hmm. showing the love of God and the love of Jesus and helping people refocus on what's truly important and that's God. Yeah. And his love. Yeah. It's, it's not only something we get to learn about, but we get to teach. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's this great facet of this story that preaches to us the the higher importance um, of and the value of our relationship with God that has that is far better. When we go through hard times, where our minds sit here and calculate bank accounts, how good I feel, how much energy I have, what the possible like earthly outcomes for for jobs or sicknesses or diseases and kind of what my future then as I as I see things have an impact and they are shaping my future. They often look like these greedy claws and 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 things that are stealing away my my happiness. I'm trying to just build a house <laughs> of happiness, right? And I'm trying to build yeah. up something that's going to work out for me. And when you lose all these things um it presses you into what you can't lose yeah and I, I just hope that people understand the value of being pushed there yes so that we see that um god would do this in such a way as to teach the widow that i am and to teach us through this story yes. that i am there for you so much more than you realize do you realize what would happen you know, what I can do for you at any moment, how I can use any circumstance. All you have to do is tip the jar and it's actually going to keep flowing. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that God steps in in miraculous ways um, to provide for us like he did. Yeah. The point is bigger than that. The point is that when we support each other in our hardest times and hardest doubts, that we're not going to support each other half-baked. Yeah. And with some sort of, yeah, maybe God loves me, maybe he doesn't. Yeah. That we can learn from this story to say, he is 100% the God who's been in my corner. And he's continually seeking everyone. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, mm -hmm. we go back to to seek and to save. He, yeah. he doesn't give up. Mm -hmm. That is... God will not give up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's not a lazy God. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think some of this comes back also to how you tell our story. Yeah. And this is maybe a new way to, to think about it. We get embarrassed by debt. Yeah. We get embarrassed by need. 
we're not just embarrassed or ashamed or weak weakened right Mm -hmm. it's a position of weakness it's a position of yeah i'm not going to go around bragging about how i owe this creditor so much money i'm not going to go around talking about i lost my husband it doesn't feel good to be a widow it's it's just but at the same time how is my story told from god's perspective took my husband to heaven yeah and he provides for me yeah um and I, and I know that he is with me even when I'm working my way down to the bottom of the jar. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm going to just keep doing what God gives me to do in a given day. Um, but how I tell that story, I don't have to be ashamed yeah. of the position that I'm in. And even, I think, with our sin and our guilt, our own behavior. Yeah. Um, if we, I think we feel exposed, you oh, know, yeah. and it's, it's a kind of nakedness. Um, we want to cover it all up. We want everything to look like we have our ducks in a row when that's the opposite. A church is not a place where we come here and we just put on our Sunday best and our smiles so that and when we kind of cover up all the pain inside. It's the opposite. Look at this story that we bring yeah. this out and we show what God is yeah. in the places where we obviously are dependent and needy in so many different ways. Absolutely. It leads you to a life that the story is Thanksgiving. And I think that's, Lord, keep testing me. And if you need to take things away to teach me what it is to be thankful just for you, to have you, that is a valuable, that is a life lesson. That's a discipleship that means more to me than living in a palace and never getting sick and having a life of ease. This is hugely valuable for people to be pressed into suffering in in a way where God seeks you in order that he might actually be God for you. And the, oh my, that is <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is because you touched on so many great points, and in a society like we're living in right now, and a pandemic, and situations that a lot of people that I speak to say, I never thought I'd live to see this happen in my lifetime, or that kind of and. To sit back and to, and just what you said, there, God is seeking each one of us. And the purpose may be unknown to us, but when we turn and we look to the one that has everything that created it all, that's where we find the love. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's the comfort. I know too many people who through embarrassment turn it over to anger and then use anger to cover their embarrassment. And like you said, the church is here to welcome with open arms and to love and to Mm -hmm. minister to one another and to be there. So yeah, very powerful stuff. Yeah. We all have that story. The yes. beggar, a beggar story. Yep. We all have it because of our sinfulness. We all have it because of worries and fears and doubts related to family, related to future. Um, the, 
we have this way of thinking we're the only ones who are struggling and everybody else has is facebook you know <laughs> facebook perfection and facebook yep. beauty or something like that and instead um we can be raw with each other yep. um in the most rawest of places like guilt and shame and fear death because guess what god went there yeah these stories go there yeah this is this is just one of those stories and it's it's the same thing we see a a savior on his knees with sweat dropping like blood from his forehead in a garden in prayer as he as he went and put his trust in his father's will um and then showed us a faith and also showed us a, a word a, a yeah. confident word of a god who's willing to go to the cross and suffer our worst so we'd never have to yeah. and i just hope that people give us a chance um to be brothers and sisters to re to say there aren't levels in the christian church we're all hitting rock bottom <laughs> all the time and but there is simply the beautiful thing of the the ladder that yeah. comes from god the rope that is thrown to us that we can keep climbing out before we fall into it again and um and that is that is what it is to read the bible that is what it is to have a god yeah. in your life a saving god so and if we can come together and encourage people mm -hmm. and encourage each other mm -hmm. that's that's what we're here for yeah <laughs> so we're going to look at some more of these angles as kind of how god penetrates the darkness with his wonderful light and uh why not second kings right yeah. um, there's so many pages of scripture where you could do this and why not look at some more of them as we as we deal with life together um, absolutely and bring it to a living savior let's pray yes Thank you, Lord, for being such a steady rock for all of our unsteady aspects of life. Uh, we find ourselves pained uh, and troubled by so many different things, things that just overwhelm us and uh, get completely out of control and messed up and we don't know where to turn. And yet your word has stories that are filled with those same pains, with those same fears and worries, and they are told in such a way to instill confidence with us that you are never far away, that you are always right there. And even when we're down to the last little bit of oil, you know how to bless us just right for our good. Help us not not to be afraid of the time of testing, but to see that the, the beauty is in recognizing your gifts and your presence and your love for us um, every, every day, no matter how bleakly it looks. Um, continue to be with us, Lord, and bless these Bible studies that we might grow in faith and be strong in who you are when we are weak. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.